This is The Book of Life, a podcast that uncovers life lessons from Judaism's most important book, helping you power your day with purpose. Here is Ruchi Koval. Once upon a time, there was a Jewish baby girl named Toby, born in 1929 to a family in Hungary. In 1944, at the age of 15, she was taken with her family to Auschwitz, along with her 10 siblings. Her mother and father and eight of her siblings were killed. She got married after the war, and in 1949, she and her two surviving sisters moved to Australia with their husbands. She had three boys and, in 1959, moved to New York in pursuit of a better Jewish education for her boys. In 1968, tragedy struck again when her young husband died of a heart attack. Their oldest son was only 17. Both Toby and her husband were in their upper 30s. In the 1970s, Toby remarried, but then in 1980, her oldest son, then married with three children of his own, was diagnosed with cancer at the age of 28. Two years later, he passed away at the age of 30. In 1994, Toby's second husband died of cancer as well when she was only 65. Consider the life of this woman who endured so much pain and so much senseless loss and tragedy. You would probably imagine to yourself that she would be one of the most bitter and angry people you would know. But she isn't. She is one of the most consciously happy people I know. And I know her well because she is my grandmother. When I was younger and I used to think about my grandmother, I believed that she was just a naturally happy person who always defaulted to focusing on the positive. But now that I'm an adult, I understand that nobody gets to be that happy unless they are choosing intentionally, deliberately, and consciously to live that way. What is the difference between living a conscious life and an unconscious life? Conscious living means that you are getting something from your day as opposed to just getting through your day. Conscious living means that you seek development and not just entertainment. Conscious living means you focus on what is right instead of on what is wrong. It means that you see what you can do instead of what you can get away with. It means that you care more for the good of all than about what is good for just you. And finally, it means that you take action instead of making excuses. Thomas Edison famously said that genius is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. I think this equation is true for so many different aspects of life. I think that living life consciously and intentionally is also 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. In the Torah this week, we learn the story of a man named Yitro. When the Jewish people came out of Egypt, the whole entire world heard about all the miracles, such as the ten plagues and the splitting of the Red Sea and the giving of the Torah at Mount Sinai. 
But in the entire Torah, we only find one person who decided to convert to Judaism because of these events. I would imagine that there would be a rush on the conversion offices while everybody was trying to get onto the winning team. But this was not the case at all. Of all the people who heard, and all the people who were inspired, there was only one convert. Only one person who had the courage and the stamina to change his religion and follow his beliefs. And his name was Yitro, who happens to also be the father-in-law of Moses. What made him different? Everybody experienced the 1% inspiration of the incredible miracles in Egypt and at the sea. The difference was in the 99% perspiration. Most people were inspired, but when inspiration faded, they just went back to their regular lives. What set Yitro apart? The Torah gives us a little background information on the history of Yitro, his biblical Wikipedia page, if you will. We discover that Yitro was the consummate truth seeker. To his great social peril, he tried out every religion in the world in order to find the truth. His family became social outcasts in the process, but he could not stop searching for the truth. When he finally encountered the story of the Jewish people, Inspiration met perspiration, and it was a match made in heaven. This is where conscious living comes into its own. All of us have flashes of inspiration. It may be a yoga retreat, or a trip to Israel, or a moment of meditation, or a beautiful, soul-fulfilling relationship. But in order for that inspiration to translate into life-altering patterns, a person must put in the perspiration, the hard work, to make that happen. So what are the patterns that I have noticed in my grandmother? How do you get from the good inspo to conscious living? What are the rungs in the ladder along the way? Here are some details that I have noticed in my very own grandmother. Firstly, she has an incredible amount of gratitude. Her favorite words are the Yiddish, gleip zu Gott, gratitude to God. For a woman who lost two husbands, a son, and most of her family, to use these words as her mantra is a lesson of enormous magnitude. One of the things I have always thought throughout my life is, if Bubby can say that, I can say that. If she can express gratitude to God, then I can express gratitude to God. Number two, she is the master of compliments. She doesn't just see the good in her life, but she also sees the good in others, and she makes sure to tell them. Number three, unfortunately, she is not well now, but when she was younger, she was always setting goals for herself. She would tell me that we were going to travel to Israel together. She went to Spain on a cruise with some fellow widows. She was always planning trips and events and shopping and restaurants. She set goals and made them happen. Number four, Bubby always chooses joy. In any situation that we find ourselves, we can choose joy or sadness. And she certainly had plenty of opportunities to choose sadness. 
but she intentionally focuses on the positive. Number five. My husband once asked my grandmother after she had downsized to a condo, looking back, Bubby, are you happy that you moved to your new condo? She looked at him in the eye. Now, she is 4'10", and he is 6'3", and she said in her Hungarian accent, I only look forward, not back. This is conscious living at its finest. Learn from the past, but do not live there. Look forward to the future, but do not let it fill you with anxiety. That is conscious living. What holds people back from living consciously? Why are people like my grandmother and Yitro so few and far between? I think a lot of people are afraid to be real with themselves. They are afraid to be vulnerable and honest with their feelings. They are afraid to acknowledge that what they're doing isn't working. They are scared to admit that if you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. The idea that change is in our hands and that the keys to happiness are in our own pocket is an idea that can fill many people with fear. If the keys to happiness are in my own pocket, then that means that it is now my job to do the 99% perspiration. That can feel overwhelming and the responsibility can feel enormous. Sometimes it's just easier to live unconsciously and mindlessly than to accept that kind of responsibility. It is always easier to blame other people for our problems than to seek solutions for ourselves. But I think that each one of us can ask ourselves, am I falling into the unconscious trap? Or can I follow Yitro's lead? Can I take the flashes of inspiration in my life and match them with perspiration in order to create the most amazing conscious life that I possibly can? Can I intentionally put the keys to happiness back in my own pocket? This is the Book of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Ruchi again next time for more meaning and inspiration from Judaism's most important book, to power your day with purpose. You're listening to a Momentum Podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.